Welcome to Your DIY Health Radio here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network and simulcasting on Spreaker. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Thursday, March 16th, 2023. And this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now, you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself. Health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the iTeraCare wand, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And uh, there's in- lots of information about that. There's downloadable flyers, brochures, a link to our YouTube playlist that has over 100 videos talking about the technology, how it's used, and testimonials from people all over the world who have gotten life-changing results using this little simple home electronic device. Just amazing stuff. And uh, there's also a link to the dedicated website where if you are so inclined, you can click the Get Started Now button and place an order. Uh, In the United States, you can get one delivered to your door for $380 total. That's the whole price. No additional add-ons, no tax, no anything else. It's all built in. And uh, $380 is the price for the United States directly delivered to your door. Um, and then we have, we can get them any, uh, most other places too. The prices vary depending on the country and their VAT taxes and all those kind of things. But here in the US of A, it's 380 delivered to your door for a brand new 2.0 classic wand. And uh, they work like a charm. People have had great results. And the thing is, is right now, all of our warehouses have plenty of stock on hand, but the way the world condition is going, the economy, the banking situation, the war in Ukraine, everything else that's going on at any given time, the supply chain could go belly up and we may not be able to get them imported anymore. And when that happens, all the people that, you know, sat on the fence waiting and waiting and putting it off and procrastinating will then decide they want one and there won't be any left. So don't wait, get one now, as long as you have the thing, uh, it will last you as long as you take care of it. Don't break it, and it'll last you for years and years and years, and it will not only help you but everybody else in your household and friends and family, you know, the whole shooting match. So uh, I encourage you, don't uh, don't dilly-dally. Uh, do your research. If you've got questions, call in and ask them. I'd be happy to talk about it. Uh, we're going to cover some of that today on the show. 
but I encourage you to uh, get them while they're hot. Get them while you can. Strike while the iron's hot. Whatever you want to say, <laughs> just get one or two. You know, I had somebody last week that ordered two of them because they knew that they're going to want two for whatever reason. I've had people, uh, one guy has ordered five total. You know, he keeps calling back. Oh, I lent it to somebody and they won't give it back. You know, that's over and over a regular, regular thing. So anyway, get them while you can. And while you're on the website, be sure and hit the radio shows tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. Over a thousand shows up there now, and they're shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do. And then if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information of the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And uh, the Spreaker link is there, and that's the best place right now because everything I do is on Spreaker. It's there live, and then it's there recorded, uh, automatically archives, and those archives are downloadable. And there's over probably 150 shows there by now almost. Um, so that's everything since September 12th of last year. So take advantage of that. The Spreaker network is really cool. And like I said, you can listen live and you can listen to the recordings and you can download them. So uh, have fun with that. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the uh, link to the Facebook page set up for the show as well as the Telegram channel. So have fun with all that stuff. And again, if you have questions about anything, hit the contact me button. That gives you the option to call and leave a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours. And we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Now, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the True Frequency Radio Network or the Spreaker Radio Network, their owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. All righty, then. That being said, I'm going to uh, get some things cleaned up here on the screen. And um, goodness gracious, we're... Can't believe we're halfway through the last month of the first quarter. It's going fast, going very, very fast, getting crazier and crazier every single day. You know, you got the banking stuff. And uh, from what I heard from a uh, reliable federal government subcontracting attorney, it's not just a few banks so far that have gone belly up, but about 35. And those numbers are going up. And on top of that, because of that, that's going to cause a boost in prices to the tune of 30 or 40 percent. That's what's going to hit most people uh, in the coming days. You're going to see gas and virtually everything else you're going to buy at the store up another 30 to 40 percent. So be ready. Didn't say it was going to be good news. It's just the news. So anyway, um, there was something I came across this morning. I wanted to jump on real quick, if I can find it here. Uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates profit billions off childhood obesity pandemic, or epidemic, whatever you want to say. In 2015, New York Magazine ran a piece entitled "It's the World's Richest Man Made Primarily Out of," or "Is the World's Richest Man Made Primarily Out of Corn Syrup." <laughs> That piece was, of course, talking about dinosaur or dinosaur billionaire Warren Buffett, 
who has amassed his billions on the backs of children who are sick and dying from high fructose corn syrup poisoning. It ain't just children, it's virtually everybody. It was a lighthearted piece that made light above its love for Coca-Cola, potato chips, and other American foods that today are loaded with high fructose corn syrup. When Buffett enjoyed these foods as a kid in the early 1900s, <laughs> they were made from healthier ingredients free from GMOs, genetically modified organisms, and high fructose corn syrup. Technically, the fifth richest man in the world as of this writing, Buffett's wealth comes from his investments in Berkshire Hathaway, the publicly traded multinational conglomerate company at which he has been CEO and chairman since 1970. Berkshire Hathaway's entire investment strategy is to identify valuable companies and acquire ever-increasing portions of them. It does so in a vertically integrated way, meaning it acquires large stakes in every stage of production in the high fructose corn syrup industry, from the farm where GMO corn is grown all the way to the companies that process it into, and this is in air quotes, food. So let's bet Frankenfood would be a better way to put it. This vertical integration investment strategy means that a substantial portion of Berkshire Hathaway's profits is linked to the proliferation of corn syrup in the food system, writes Brenda Balletti, Ph.D., for The Defender. Buffett and his family own farmland where they grow corn. Berkshire Hathaway has a major stake in fossil fuel companies like Occidental Petroleum and Chevron that power industrial agriculture and make chemical inputs for farming. It owns a company that makes grain storage silos for selling corn. It owns the largest railroad in the U.S., which moves grain and processed foods across the country. It also owns a commercial trailer rental company, the other major means of transportation for grains and processed foods. Billionaires do not become billionaires through honesty and integrity, but through crony capitalism. Buffett has also extracted wealth from genetically engineered seed and pesticide giant Monsanto, as well as Archer Daniels Midland, which performs the chemical processing that turns corn into high fructose corn syrup. Then there are major food corporations, Coca-Cola and Kraft Heinz, that use high fructose corn syrup in many of their products. Buffett is invested in these companies as well. Agricultural food inflation fueled by the financial corruption of the billionaire class to which Buffett belongs is also doing the guy, uh, doing the guy a, role, a whole lot of favors. Kraft Heinz quarterly sales rose 10% to 7.38 billion in the last quarter of 22, beating Wall Street's expectations. Buffett further maintains close relationships with the organizations that review food safety which ensures that the science, in quotes, is always in favor of his investments. Coca-Cola, for example, is closely tied to the American Academy of Pediatrics, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the, Ob the Obesity Society, and the American Academy of Family Physicians. <laughs> yeah, you can see why they recommend all that crap and they don't uh, do anything against it. Billionaire eugenicist Bill Gates is another Warren Buffett-type investor who has amassed billions in ill-gotten gain by poisoning children with chemical toxins like high fructose corn syrup, not to mention all the jabs that he's pushing. 
Gates is actually a richer than Buffett, hold, uh, holding a net worth of $133 billion in his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It turns out the Berkshire Hathaway is the Gates Foundation largest holding. <laughs> oh, goodness. It turns out the Berkshire Hathaway is the Gates Foundation's largest holding. Imagine that. The defenders, Belletti, did an excellent job of further unpacking Buffett and Gates' vertically integrated ties to the high fructose corn syrup industry. So be sure to check out her full coverage of that uh, matter and to learn more. And there's a link, and I'll put this in the chat room and on the Telegram channel. So anybody that's interested can jump on there. And welcome uh, to the folks in the chat room. Good to see you there. Uh, have fun, and we'll just keep going here. Let's see. I got to get this to the right page. Hmm. There we go. Got to make sure I'm posting on my page in the uh, Telegram channel. And by the way, um, I just found out about this yesterday on the Telegram channel. I just have posted last night a copy of Bloody Hill, January 6th documentary. And it's about an hour and a half long. Um, it's amassed of different uh, footage and recordings of things and put together by people who were at January 6th and witnessed a lot of what went on and uh, kind of spells out the, the you know, real happenings there, you know. And if anybody's interested, go to the Telegram channel. Um, the and if you if you're on Telegram, just do a search for your DIY health, and I will put the link to the Telegram channel if I can find it here real quick. Um, I'll put that in the chat room as well. And that way, there we go. It's HTTP, HTTPS colon slash slash T dot M-E forward slash your DIY health. So basically, if you click that, it'll take you to the Telegram channel. And then you can find and download the um, recording Bloody Hill, which, uh, again, is a January 6th documentary. And it's also on uh, BitChute and Rumble. Getting it from those places is a little more difficult. But, um, you know, the Rumble ones I have not been able to download, which normally I can. But for some reason, every time I tried on two different computers, I ran aground, struck out all that stuff. Um, I wanted to get a high definition version, but I got a medium definition one and uh, was able to get that off a of bit shoot and put it on my site last or on my Telegram channel last night. So it's there for anyone who would like to take a look at it. Uh, see, it appears to be, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but I've seen bits and pieces and it appears to be quite eye-opening and, you know, gives you a good shot at the truth. So check it out. Anyway, let's see here. There was something else. Oh, Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk wants to discharge industrial waste into the Colorado river of central Texas as part of the boring company expansion, whatever that is, you know, so you know, these billionaires, you know, they want to do things that aren't necessarily economically sound. <laughs> and sounds like that's what old Elon's up to. Uh, David Duburn or Dubine warns forced rationing of food and fuel already happening via excess consumption programs. And this appears to be a, well, good, there's an article that goes along with it. Um, yeah, forced rationing of food, look for that coming up. 
David Debine uh, warned that forced rationing is already happening under the guise of excess consumption programs during the March 3 episode of Brighty on TV program, Adapt 2030. There's going to be a new program called Excess Consumption. It is limited consumption amount on your part. And then if you surpass what you're going to be taxed, uh, surpass that, you're going to be taxed and penalized. And once again, <laughs> and once you go into whatever the certain final range deemed, they're going to cut you off completely, he said. Dubine, the creator of Adapt 2030 uh, Climate Preparedness Channels and Mini Ice Age Conversations, oh, good grief, podcast, said people are going to hear about these excess consumption programs more and more. He cited the example of Kazakhstan in Central Asia, which is now telling citizens to conserve gas in spite of having the world's largest reserves of natural gas. The rationing would also apply to food, Debine said, uh, citing examples of supermarkets in the UK limiting the number of food items people can buy at one time. Aside from this, the British government is also considering a national database where Britons will or will need to be uh, present their ID to show and show their faces in front of a scanner to receive their daily food allotment. Oh boy. So this whole thing about uh, tracking and tracing food uh, purchases it purchase is nothing more than uh, is nothing more than to get you on a database and into a digital rationing card, he said. Food supply harvest also being compromised. The ADAPT 2030 host also blasted the sick, vile, and ridiculous commentary from British newscasters and hosts. They reportedly cited older Britons who uh, grew up in the time of rationing post-World War II. According to Debine, this was demeaning to the people and only showed how the British government failed to address issues of food shortages. He ultimately pointed out that the move to track and limit people's purchases of certain items have been in the book's uh, since the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic broke out. Aside from denouncing the proposed uh, proposal to digitally ration people's food intake, he also mentioned the food shortages happening in various countries across the globe. The world, or excuse me, the North African country of Morocco hit a record low in, in its wheat production for 2022. Its barley crop had also been deduct, reduced to 20, 70% from last year thanks to drought and a massive cold snap affecting the crops. Australia's barley harvest also dropped by 33%, mainly because of UVB radiation aside from, uh, aside from Morocco and the land down other, under other countries such as Argentina, Can uh, Canada, Kazakhstan, and Uruguay also saw reduced barley yields. Ultimately, Debine said food supply crisis is already here, he added that everything else that is happening only serves as a distraction away from the natural cycles and humanity's ability to grow food on the planet. So let's see here. Um, let's see how long this thing is. 51 minutes. Well, let's play a minute or two. conversation have you heard about excess consumption yet 
Well, you're going to hear about it more and more. It's starting in Kazakhstan, some of the world's largest natural gas reserves on the planet, yet they're telling citizens conserve gas. If you overuse, you're going to be hit with an excess consumption tax and penalty. And when you reach a limit, they're just going to cut you straight off. They're trying to test bed this in one of the countries that has some of the largest gas reserves. Imagine a country that is importing resources versus has those under the ground already. Can you imagine what we're going to go through in global rationing? The UK is on it now. Two tomatoes per person and they're going to start rationing cards so you cannot jump from store to store to store so you can get two, four, six, eight. Let's talk about that when we come back. US and get this many watching Bridie on TV will remember the fiery TV exclusive here at right this is growing streaming now as we see the constriction of supply chains continue and you just can't not not notice it everything continues to constrict there's less of this there's less availability prices are increasing they've switched suppliers gone to different nations uh, you're not able to buy some of the same things at the same quality. Well, that's just going to be the trend. We already know that. It's already been forecast out. So if we are going to move from here to there, and the forecast has already been given and how many times broadcast of globalist meetings and TV announcements, as well as just general chatter through the internet scape, it does seem that there's going to be a continued constriction of supply chain shutdowns of business as well as manufacturing production of raw materials at least for the next 10 years and you know the way i look at it i don't know how many you know one-time catastrophic events or you know black swan events will happen as we progress down i'm sure we'll have a few but it looks like they're just trying to extract as much wealth as possible i'm talking about central bankers and moneyed families for thousands of years they just move it from the West over to the new BRICS currency system, maintaining the wealth power, and it is a transference. Nothing goes to zero. So when we see our Kazakhstan in the center of the center, along with the Ukraine, Russia, and China, that whole corridor is the most resource-rich area of the planet, at least one of them. Shared resources, shared pipelines, shared banking, shared gold reserves. Wow, what could go wrong with the U.S. dollar, do you think? So there's going to be this new program called excess consumption. It is a limited consumption amount on your part. And then if you surpass that, you're going to be taxed and penalized. And once you go to whatever the certain final range deemed, they're going to cut you off completely. So I wanted to run through a few of these today. And those of you who know, I follow solar cycles and cycles of time based on solar activity affecting society and civilization. This is the current sunspot flow in days going around for about 15 days as the sunspot groups transit over the face of the sun. Now, what's interesting is once these start at more toward the polar regions, once they come into the equator, which they're getting really close now, they've really come much closer to the equator than when the solar cycle started. Once they get in there, the polar magnetic fields are going to reverse and then we are coming into a low solar activity, low solar minimum, and uh, we'll stay there for a bit. So this food supply crisis, everything else you see on the international stage is a distraction away from these natural cycles and the ability for us to grow food on the planet. So the Kazakh or Kazakhstan officials 
they're going to start to know where this country is. I, nobody really knew where Ukraine was on the map until the war started. Now all eyes there. You know exactly where it is. Same thing with Kazakhstan. It's in the stands is what most people know. But what's interesting here, the state-owned natural gas company is already having shortages of producing electricity in one of the most resource-rich nations on the planet in terms of natural gas. Yet they're having shortages. So they have to import natural gas. Very much like the United States, it's almost like a US 2.0. Our pipelines have been shattered and shuttered offshore exploration, although I'm not a fan of any way, shape or form polluting the oceans going after oil has been stopped. Even gas wheel drilling, anything on public lands has been ceased. So, you know, we sit in very much the same situation in America. We are vast natural resources, but most of them are being put off limits or on a shelf at the moment. And you might have to ask yourself, why? What is this thing that they're trying to get even the United States more on the import side of thing and also to have you bend and reduce your consumption levels of everything across the board. The messaging is clear. If you won't do it voluntarily, you will be forced to do it. Sunday law has been talked about for quite some time and there's more chatter about the Sunday law, which all commerce on the planet will be forbidden on Sunday. Again, you'll take out one sixth of global productivity, one sixth of resource usage, if you call the Sunday holiday, the Sunday law. So as this comes into play, in addition to the excess consumption tax and penalties, you'll start to see the world shift greatly. You'll need permission to buy an airline ticket. So back to Kazakhstan, excuse me, sometimes I go on those little rants there. Well, Kazakhstan, they're saying there will be no more shortages. We're actually gonna start to use the resources that are beneath our feet here in the country. So the, the Kazakh officials from uh, Kazakh Gas are assuring everybody that there'll be no more shortages moving forward with the dual investment from Russia and China, setting up pipelines between both. So the transit hubs that we understand as Ukraine coming out of the Caspian and uh, Black Sea areas with Russia controlling and sending gas through now Turkey, it's gonna be the same thing exactly. 2.0, one country is gonna have transit pipelines from Russia to China. Okay. That's it for this segment. We'll be back in three minutes before your DIY bathroom. Turn on your TV and all you ever see is Ask your doctor if it's right for you and me. So when you ask your doctor, what do you think he'll say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die. Long as they get their piece of pie. And we're back with the second segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, I'm going to stop that recording just because it's, like I said, almost an hour long. But, you know, he paints an interesting picture of all the stuff that's going on. 
But uh, another one, uh, banking crisis worsens. Swiss Bank is first a too-big-to-fail bank to be bailed out as Saudis withdraw support. Switzerland's second-largest bank, Credit Suisse, which has been experiencing bank runs and plummeting stock valuations since the end of 2022, became the first systemically important financial institution, or SIFI, or too-big-to-fail bank, to crash today, forcing regulators to step in and ensure a bailout. Saudis almost single-handedly crashed the U.S. stock market and stock markets around the world this morning when they announced that they were not going to put any more money into the failed Swiss bank. Problems at Swiss Bank's second-largest lender, or excuse me, Switzerland's second-largest lender, are causing stocks around the world to falter and reigniting fears for banking uh, for the banking sector. On Wednesday, Credit Suisse top uh, shareholder said in a Bloomberg interview that it wouldn't invest additional money in the Swiss bank. Saudi National Bank Chairman Amar El Kuderi told the media outlet that taking a stake of more than 10% in Credit Suisse would trigger regulatory complications. That pushes shares of Credit Suisse to a new low on Wednesday. The uh, stock closed down 24% in Zurich, and its American depository receipts were down 25% in U.S. trading. So, you know, that's another long one, but basically, we ain't seen the end of this stuff. It's going to get crazier and crazier as time goes on. Well, let's see here. <laughs> Found some glitch. Man drives off in stranger's Tesla. Hmm. In Vancouver, man, uh, Canada, a man who owned a Tesla opened the door of a Model 3 parked in a supermarket lot with his smartphone app. He got into the car and drove to a nearby school to pick up his kids. However, he later realized he had accidentally taken someone else's Model 3. <laughs> According to uh, Rajesh Randev's statement to Global News, he noticed a stranger's Tesla parked out, uh, parked beside his own car, which happened to be the same model and color. He then used his Tesla smartphone app to unlock the vehicle and drove away. During his drive to pick up his kids from school, Randev uh, began to realize that something was amiss. I was able to get access uh, a hold of that person's car, but while I started driving it, I realized there was a, a crack on the windshield, he said. So he called his wife to ask why, she, why and she did not know. <laughs> he also noticed his charger was not where he usually had it. Then this happened. After five, ten minutes, I got a text on my phone that said, Rajesh, are you driving Tesla? <laughs> he said the person who messaged him, told him he was driving the wrong Tesla. <laughs> it was only after he parked at Rond uh, parked that Rondav noticed the wheels were different from his car. He then re he called the person who messaged him, and they realized he had taken the other person's car. Uh, surprisingly, he was able to get back into the, and, and to, into the uh, car and met up with the other owner, <laughs> so he did not know how it happened. They were, they both, uh, we both, we were both laughing and I called the police as well. He added, 
The police said they have uh, have my statement, but they cannot give me a file number because nothing happened. But if something does happen, they will let them know and they will investigate. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Got to love it when uh, your app will open up somebody else's car and let you drive it away. That's pretty good. Way to go, uh, Elon. Dish customers kept in the dark as ransomware fallout continues. Ooh, glad I'm not a dish customer anymore. Dish customers are still looking for answers two weeks after the U.S. satellite television giant was hit by a ransomware attack. In a public filing published on February 28th, Dish confirmed that ransomware was to blame for an ongoing outage that warned that hackers exfiltrated data, which may include customers' personal information from its systems. Dish hasn't provided a substantive uh, update since, despite customers continue to experience issues or know if their personal data is at risk. Hmm. Oh, boy. So anyway, lots of weird things going on these days. And uh, what you going to do? All I can say is get ready. You know, with everything that's going on, um, it would behoove us all to be prepared for anything and everything that we possibly can, whether it's food rationing, fuel rationing, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that if you've got a lot of money in the bank, probably not a good idea to keep it there. Um, that same uh, government subcontracting attorney that I mentioned earlier in the show has also mentioned that uh, if you have large amounts of money, you should have about uh, three months worth of operating expenses in cash if you can. But anything beyond that, you should switch into other things like, uh, you know, two of the things mentioned were gold and silver. Um, however, you don't want to have too much of that. My thing is you want, if it's uh, not something you can either eat, shoot, or wear, it's probably in the wrong thing. Sorry about that. Um, when things start to get really dicey, you want to make sure that the, uh, the your funds are tied up in things that uh, if you can't turn them back into cash, at the very least, they are immediately available to be used either as food, uh, keep you warm, clothing, and that kind of thing, or protection. Hence the eat, shoot it, or wear it kind of a deal. Um, so I, that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, I had uh, more money in the bank lately than I usually do, and I basically just uh, liquidated it rather than going in and trying to get the cash out, which uh, always throws up red flags with the bank. I just spent it, <laughs> and I use it to buy things that I can use to protect myself and uh, uh, or further the uh, food supplies and that kind of thing, but... Um, now back to just basic stuff and I have enough cash on hand to, to handle things and, you know, but who knows? We'll see how things work. Just taking a look at the uh, chat room here. A lot of, a lot of activity going on in there. Uh, let's see if there's anything. Yeah. Just a little chatter. Anyway, um, one of the other things I wanted to look at one of my new favorite books that I'm reading right now is called what really makes you ill. Why every, everything you thought you knew about disease is wrong. 
and it was written by two people. I believe they're from Britain. Um, I have to go to um, uh, shoot. I can't get to it real quick. Um, there we go. Uh, it was written by where'd he go? Don Lester and David Parker. And um, the uh, gentleman from, uh, oh, what's my call it? Uh, Space Busters did an interview with them entitled What Really Makes You Ill. And I think you can find it either on BitChute or Rumble. But this book, I originally had it on uh, uh, the Kindle version, my reader on my phone and iPad and that kind of stuff. And it's so good <laughs> that I decided this is one I need to have in hard copy. The paperback version is 35 bucks, uh, and it was well worth it. It's over 700 pages long, and I'll tell you what, it is a fantastic book. Shoots down all of the lies and garbage about vaccines, the, the germ theory, and so much more. The only thing I have to say so far in that interview uh, with Lester and Parker is uh, they don't have it all right. They seem to think that you can, you know, they actually said, if you eat right, you can get everything you need from your food and you run the risk of uh, creating imbalances and stuff if you supplement. So neither of them supplement. And it's, I can see in the, of their images that it's true. They don't because they're both <laughs> nutrient deficient. And the sad thing is these people, you know, they're not doctors. They're uh, one of them, I think, is an electron, electric engineer or something like that. Um, but anyway, they made that statement and it kind of threw me. But it's not surprising because it's hard to get away from all of the programming that we've been wrapped around for our entire lives um, from the allopathic community. You know, they may say that, okay, well, they don't believe in the germs. But they still believe the garbage that the MDs will tell you that you can get everything you need from the four food groups and you don't want to supplement because that stuff could cause, you know, you could overdose on that and you can have all kinds of problems and disruptions and outer, you know, overages, underages and imbalances and all that kind of crap. But the thing is, is I, I defy them to show me what they're eating and show me how they are getting all the 90 essential nutrients, which they probably have no clue that there are that many. And that two thirds of those or 60 of them are minerals, which you cannot get from your food. It's virtually impossible unless you live in one of the 28 areas of the world. Uh, most of which are high in the mountains, you know, with no conveniences of life. And I'm sure neither of these people have ever been to either of them or any of them. But the only place you can get the minerals that you need are in certain areas of the world where virtually nobody lives because it's just too remote. You know, there are people living there and they experience long life and happiness, but uh, there's not a whole lot of anything else. No conveniences, no plumbing, uh, rest, bathrooms, stuff like that. Everything is, you know, still very uh, primitive. But um, the one thing they do get is decent nutrition because they're in an area where there's glacial runoff and they're getting uh, not all the 60 minerals, but a fair amount of them through uh, plants that they consume that have been able to take up those minerals in the proper forms 
so that they're readily available to the people to consume them. But uh, and that's where the top numbers of centigenarians or people who live to be at least 100 or more years old live because they've got what they need to keep them alive and happy and healthy. And I'm not talking sitting in a wheelchair, you know, drooling on yourself for the last 15 years of your life, but actually being active, you know, working in the gardens, you know, you know, doing whatever it is you want to do. And um, but that requires nutrition. And you simply must supplement every day to be healthy. And these people, I'm sure, are not healthy. I can I can see that uh, there will be uh, ruptured aneurysms in at least one of their uh, uh, futures if they don't die of cancer before that. But uh, because they're nutrient deficient, and unfortunately, the people that think. You know, they're, they think they're going to be healthy just because they don't have to worry about germs when, in fact, the entire thing about being healthy is taking care of your terrain. And the only way to do that is to give it the proper nutrition. And when it's impossible to get minerals through food, you must supplement. That's all there is to it. And your body knows what to do with this stuff. They act like, well, if you take this and this and this and this, you might end up with too much or too little. You know, the body ain't stupid. It will use what it needs and get rid of the rest. So it's not going to, you're not going to have major problems unless you're just, you know, guzzling gallons of colloidal copper uh, and not taking, you know, having any selenium to go with it, things like that. You know, you can force the issue, but when you're just doing regular supplementation, the body knows how to get rid of what it doesn't need and, and get what it does as long as the stuff is there. So, you know, that being said, you know, that's the only thing I've seen so far about the authors of this book uh, that, you know, doesn't impress me. And I can, it's an easy thing to, to happen, have happen, and I can give them a pass for that, but I'd love to talk to them and kind of set them straight, give them some of Dr. Wallach's information. But um, anyway, while I'm at it, I'm going to put the link for the book in the chat room. And hey, unplug. There should be it right here. That's all that we don't need. Well, maybe not. Hmm. Anyway, there's the book for, um, I think that's the link to the book. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, it's not. Disregard that. I had to click another button here. There we go. This will be the proper one. And I don't need all that extra stuff. There's the proper link for the book, What Really Makes You Ill, and Why Everything You Thought You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. And um, just for the fun of it, I want to read a little bit um, where, oh, where did, how did I get there? <laughs> Things switch pages on me. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to start. I don't even know what page this is. This is a quote from somewhere. Immunization is and should be recognized as a core component of the human right to health and an individual community and governmental responsibility. Okay, that's BS from some, uh, let me go to the previous page to see where it was from. That was the Global Vaccine Action Plan 2011 to 2020 report, uh, another document intended to contribute to the expansion of vaccination programs. In this instance, the claim is made that it is a human right to be vaccinated. 
The introduction to this report includes the statement that, which I just read. Now, the right to health, uh, the human right to health should be, uh, should include the human right to refuse to be poisoned on the basis of an unproven and erroneous theory. The use of the term community responsibility is intended to refer to the concept of herd immunity, which has been discussed. The reference to governmental responsibility indicates the potential for the introduction of mandatory vaccination laws. The suffering and mortality that ensued after smallpox vaccination became compulsory in England should have provided a a salutary lesson against the implementation of mandatory vaccination programs. Pharmaceutical industry obviously plays a major role in promulgating the belief that vaccines are safe and effective, and they achieve this mainly through their substantial influence over the medical establishment. This influence is discussed more fully in Chapter 9. A significant proportion of the pharmaceutical industry is based in the U.S., and the Pharma Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, as the name suggests, is the industry organization for American pharmaceutical companies. In 2013, PHRMA produced a report which documented that almost 300 new vaccines were in development, although the majority of these vaccines are being developed to combat infectious diseases Others are being developed to combat a variety of other illnesses. Disturbingly, some of the new vaccines under development are intended for the treatment of some neurological disorders, particularly Alzheimer's disease and multiple sclerosis, and other conditions, including diabetes and asthma. All of those things are nutritional deficiency diseases and can be reversed just by putting the nutrition back. But would they look at that? Heavens no, because you can't make billions of dollars telling people just to supplement. The discussions in Chapter 7 demonstrates that conditions of illness that are categorized as non-communicable are poorly understood by the research establishment. In virtually all the diseases discussed, the medical establishment admits to not knowing their causes. Oh, yeah. Anytime you go to a doctor and they say you have something, okay, doc, what causes it and how do I get rid of it? Those are the first two questions you should ask your doctor when they diagnose you with something. And every time they'll say, we don't know, or it's genetic. Those are their two go-to answers. Well, nobody knows what causes these things and, or uh, you've got a bad gene and therefore you have this. So they blame it on you and your family history. Family history means absolutely nothing in your medical outlook, except for the fact that the doctor's an idiot for believing that it does mean something. The only thing it does is tell you the bad habits that your family had, and if you can have those same bad habits, you'll end up with the same diseases they got. It's not genetic, it's habit. They do the wrong things, they get sick as a result, You do the same wrong things that you learn from them, and you get the same illnesses as a result. Case in point, both my parents had high blood pressure. They didn't supplement. They ate the wrong foods. They didn't eat the right things. And I learned the same bad habits from them. And lo and behold, I developed high blood pressure. Now, of course, my idiot MD tried to tell me that it's genetic. And if it had been, there'd have been nothing I could do to fix it other than take drugs. Well, guess what? When I found out about Dr. Wallach and his uh, supplemental uh, protocols, 
And I jumped on board with them. I got off the bad foods. I started giving my body the right nutrition. And lo and behold, my blood pressure that was 185 over 120 for five years went to 99 over 77 in 30 days. And I haven't had any trouble with it since. You know, there you go. If that was genetics, I couldn't have changed that. That's like your hair color, your eye color. You know, granted, you know, <laughs> ask women about can't change your hair color. Well, yeah, you can with with stuff you buy at the store, but you can't do anything to genetically change your hair color. If you don't buy, you know, if you think you're going to go in and modify jeans and whatnot and change your hair color from uh, brown to purple, ain't going to happen. And you can't change your eye color other other than through external things contact lenses and what kind of garbage but gen, that's the gene part of it okay you're not going to change your skin color unless you chemically alter it again like uh well there's a book years ago a guy wrote it was called black like me where he's a white guy and took some kind of stuff that turned his skin color black and he went around writing about his uh uh experiences as uh someone of uh as the, the woke or politically, politically correct term, someone of color, and how he noticed that he <laughs> was now discriminated against and given uh, second-class citizen treatment and all that kind of junk. But, you know, you can't alter those things unless, you know, with genetics, period. You know, they are written, they're baked into the cake, so to speak. But illness is not one of those things. Virtually, you know, Wallach has proven that every single thing that we call a genetic illness is caused by a nutritional deficiency, either in the pregnant mother when the baby is developing or afterwards through the lack of nutrition that the baby gets or the person gets uh, after they're born, period. And all those things can be reversed simply by putting the nutrition back in and it can be caused by withholding it. So don't go for this garbage. Oh, yeah, you got to fill out your family history. No, I don't. Family history plays no role whatsoever. And, you know, if you got a question about it, get a copy of Wallach's book, uh, Epigenetics, The Death of the Genetic Theory of Disease Transmission. It will explain it. And, of course, you'll never get your goofy MD to read it because uh, it's too long and there's no pictures. And uh, it would force them to accept what, you know, something that's totally uh, diametrically opposed to all the indoctrination they received in medical school and since. But anyway, in order to make informed decisions, people need all of the information that relates to the subject. It is for this reason that people need to understand that vaccination is not on any, is not based on any scientific theory. It is wholly unable to prevent or eradicate any disease. Vaccines have never been proven to be safe or effective, on the contrary, they have been proven to be both ineffective and dangerous. There are a number of reasons that the vast majority of doctors are reluctant to publicly challenge the claim that vaccines are safe and effective, despite the growing body of evidence that they cause harm. These reasons are discussed in more detail later in the book, especially in chapters 7 and 9. It is imperative in order to protect human health that the harmful practice of vaccination is eradicated as soon as possible. And that's the end of chapter two. Chapter three is the germ theory, a deadly fallacy. Germs as a cause of disease 
is a dying fallacy. Dr. John H. Tilden, MD. So there's an MD that's got some sense. And uh, I'm just going to read the first paragraph here, and then we'll get to the break. The information promulgated by the medical establishment about infectious diseases is based on the germ theory, the fundamental assertion of which is that germs invade the body and cause disease. The establishment of definition describes a germ as any microorganism, especially one that causes disease. Disease-causing microorganisms are referred to as pathogens. However, although it is widely believed that all germs are pathogenic, this is not the case. The um, National Institutes of Health is a U.S. government agency that conducts and supports biomedical research. As one of the key members of the medical establishment, the NIH is inevitably a proponent of the germ theory. The NIH website is a vast repository of information that includes more than 5 million archived medical journal articles. It also contains various educational materials, including books and teacher's guides. One of the online books in the curriculum supplement series of Teacher's Guide is entitled Understanding Emerging and Reemerging Infectious Diseases. This book will be referred to as the Infectious Diseases Book. Describes microorganisms as agents that cause infectious diseases, but adds the interesting comment that although microorganisms that cause disease often receive the most attention, it is important to note that most microorganisms do not cause disease. <laughs> so anyway, we'll be back in three minutes before your DIY health here on Frequency Radio Network and Spreaker. Right back. Back to your DIY health, uh, whatever it is. We're in the second uh, hour of it today. And uh, uh, before the break, I was reading some stuff from my new favorite book, What Really Makes You Ill. And uh, like I said, I just started chapter three, and it's all about the germ theory, which is what uh, helps the big pharma and the American Murder Association make billions and billions of dollars every year off the unsuspecting people who think that that's a true thing that it's never, however, it's never been proven. And I'm sitting here looking at another book that I just read called goodbye germ theory by Dr. William P. Drebbing, which uh, basically covers the same type of stuff and just shoots all, all the arguments down that uh, think, you know, people think germs make you sick when in fact it's your own terrain, your body that you allow to become polluted and when you have the flu every year and you think it's caused by a flu virus, it's in fact nothing more than a seasonal detox 
because sooner or later your body and everything else it just starts coming out from everywhere and uh, it's your body trying to slap you upside the head and say quit putting all this crap inside of me <laughs> and guess what when you stop doing that you don't get the flu every year you know i haven't had the flu in over 50 years because i learned a long time ago not to eat all the crap and to take better uh, care of my terrain <laughs> and because of that my body's able to you know, get rid of the stuff when it shows up. And that way I never have to do go through the massive detox that we refer to as the flu. And it's a much better way to operate because your body's able to take out the trash on a daily basis instead of having it build up for a whole year. And then at one time you go, and out it all comes at once. <laughs> anyway, I uh, saw a link in the chat room that Alan, or that, uh, excuse me, unplugged to put in about a young pilot. And I wanted to uh, look into that. So I did just that. Young pilot fights post-jab heart issues, speaks out on COVID shot fears. And man, what a shame. This is one beautiful young lady. Sierra Lund, a recreational pilot, is pictured with a small airplane in 2022. And uh, Sierra Lund, a, re a recreational pilot, shudders to think what could have happened if she had been in the cockpit when she started experiencing heart attack-like symptoms. And this young lady uh, looks like she's in her 20s. No way on earth should she start having heart attack-like symptoms. Just 18 hours after being injected with a COVID-19 shot, Lung, Lund felt intense pain in her chest. She was having trouble breathing. Walking was a struggle, she said. None of, these made, none of this made sense. Lund was a well-conditioned, competitive athlete. Neither she nor her relatives had any history of heart issues. Again, totally immaterial. And she was just 23 years old. So Lund tried to shrug off her symptoms. They didn't abate. So she sought emergency medical care. Now, a year and a half later, her symptoms persist. Lund was diagnosed with two heart conditions, myocarditis or cardiac muscle inflammation and pericarditis, inflammation of the sac encasing the heart. And of course, studies have linked both of these conditions to COVID injections. And Lund says she's sure the jab is to blame for her new health issues. Not only studies, but this was known before they rolled these jabs out at least two months earlier that both of these conditions were, in fact, caused by the jabs. The FDA knew it, and they let him roll them out anyway. As a result, Lund can no longer fly a plane solo. Flying has been her passion since she got her first pilot's got her first got her pilot's license at the age of 17. Lund and Josh Yoder, co-founder of Aviation Advocacy Group, U.S. Freedom Flyers say many other pilots, including commercial captains, have also suffered health issues that they strongly suspect could have been caused by taking the COVID jab. Yoder's group has encouraged pilots to get screened specifically for myocarditis, which can remain undetected during routine medical exams. A lot of people are afraid to talk about it, afraid of, of, uh, to lose their job, Lund told the Epic Times. The result, uh, and since I'm not uh, in that situation, I have a responsibility to speak out. Good for her. 
Lund is sharing her story, she said, in the hopes of increasing public awareness about the health issue. She is also urging the Federal Aviation Administration, or the FAA, and other government officials to look into vaccine-related health risks that could affect pilots more seriously. Failure to do so is extremely dangerous for the pilots and for the general public, Lund said. <laughs> yeah, I still refuse to fly commercial in this day and age because I don't want to get on a plane that's being piloted by somebody who's liable to vapor lock midair. Zero doubt vaccine cause problems. <laughs> a large percentage of commercial pilots received the COVID shots. Yeah, just about 100% <laughs> after being uh, threatened with losing their jobs if they failed to comply with federal mandates. Yoder, a commercial pilot, said he has heard from dozens of vaccinated pilots who worry that the shots hurt their health, may, uh, may be threatening their livelihoods, and affecting their ability to fly safely. Unfortunately, many of them have been suffering with these issues for quite some time. They were hoping the symptoms would go away. Yoder told the Epic Times of conversations he's had with those in the industry. He said word has, had spread that the organization was connecting pilots with medical professionals who could help diagnose and treat their health conditions. U.S. Freedom Flyers uh, connected Lund with doctors who are trying to alternative trying alternative therapies after conventional treatments treatment methods yielded little improvements in their heart conditions. You know, if they would get an Iteracare wand, chances are they would see some improvement. And we've seen that with other things where people have been vaccine issue injured. Uh, not necessarily, I don't know about the uh, cardiac issues, but people that have been uh, uh, like Kevin Street up in Alberta, Canada, he had he was basically crippled. He couldn't walk. Uh, was in a wheelchair. His legs were shaking like a leaf. And um, within a few days of getting an Iteracare wand, he was able to go up and down stairs without holding the rail and was walking perfectly fine and all that kind of stuff again. So whether it would help with the uh, cardiac issues, it's unknown, but it'd be worth a shot. It's not going to, unlike the drugs they're going to put you on, it's not going to have any negative effects, and it could very well help and uh, clear things up. You never know. Uh, I think the same thing is true with the 90 essential nutrients. You know, the problem is these people have toxins injected into their bodies, and their bodies are so screwed up right now from lack of nutrition that they can't detox. You can't get rid of or take out the trash, and that's one of the things that the the nutrition and the Iteracare one both do is they support the body's ability to eliminate things that don't belong in the body. And when that happens, guess what? You get better. So it'll be worth a shot. But anyway, um, let's see here. Where was I? Uh, he said, uh, where did spread the organization connecting pilots and all that? You know, little, little, oh, there we go. Uh, U.S. Freedom Flyers connected lung with doctors who are trying alternative therapies after conventional treatment methods yielded little improvements in their heart conditions. Uh, while proving a link between vaccines and medical conditions can prove elusive, Lund says cases such as hers, which document near immediate effects after vaccination, are hard to dispute reasonably. After consulting with four cardiologists and learning how about many reports similar to hers, one says she has zero doubt that the COVID shot caused her heart problems. Yeah, everything else was fine up to that point. The one variable has got to be the thing. 
Anyway, after receiving a COVID vaccine in September 2021, Lund felt terrible chest pain and shortness of breath as she headed for a flight uh, as a passenger on a commercial aircraft. She called her father, who just dropped her off. He headed back to pick her up and took her to an urgent care clinic where an x-ray showed inflammation in her chest. Her chest has hurt ever since. And let's see here, vials of Moderna's COVID-19 injection on a table in a vaccination clinic in San Rafael, California, on April 6, 2022. And this is a little picture of these things, is Moderna COVID-19 jab. Uh, let's see here. Lund took the shot voluntarily, mostly because she wanted to take a trip to a foreign destination where the shot was required. Yeah. She also felt societal pressure to get the injection. That's the trouble. Don't fall into that mess. She now regrets the decision, which has changed her life dramatically. As a daughter of a commercial airline pilot who also flies recreationally, aviation has been a constant in her life. Since her diagnosis, Lund still pilots small planes to keep her skills sharp, but she must always have a second pilot accompanying her. She is no longer medically cleared to fly alone. Lund's past schedule of uh, daily gym workouts are also in her rearview mirror, at least for now. She tries not to think about all that she's missing. If I did, I'd probably be depressed, Lund said. I'm trying to figure out how to get uh, better and figuring out how to come up with some sort of normal life in the meantime. She now runs her own business as an aircraft broker, keeping, uh, in, keeping her in touch with the aviation community that she loves so much. In between, Lund heads uh, to medical appointments, including some dealt or some that tra require travel from her home state, Georgia. She has spent about $15,000 out of pocket trying to get well so far. FAA decision puzzling. The U.S. government agencies insist that, that cases such as Lund's are rare and that COVID shots are safe and effective for the general public. They're gonna go. They're gonna go to the hell on the way. You know, they're just gonna just just keep going and keep going. They're gonna go down completely. Saying that same thing, the Federal Aviation Administration has stood by its decision to uh, uh, okay them for pilots' use. One and others, however, fault the FAA for approving the vaccines for pilots allowing pilots to put any substance in their body that has not had the appropriate clinical trials and abundant data to back its safety goes directly against what the FAA has always stood for, Lund wrote in a January 25th email to federal air surgeon Susan Northrup. The FAA forbids pilots from using numerous substances, including over-the-counter medications, within a certain number of hours before flying. That's why the FAA's willingness to approve the emergency use COVID-19 jabs for pilots is mystifying, Lung said. Instead of advocating for pilots, you allowed mandates to roll out, Lung. <coughs> Sorry about that. Got a dry spot in my throat. Um, instead of advocating for pilots, you allowed mandates to roll out, Lund told Northrop. Now, many pilots are vaccinated and, or <laughs> just injected with the same shot that Lund blames for her predicament. As of March 13th, Lund said that she has yet to receive a reply from Northrop. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. 
When the Epic Times sought comment from Northrop, an FAA spokesman responded on her behalf. The FAA has seen no credible evidence of aircraft accidents or incapacitation caused by pilots suffering medical complications associated with COVID-19 injections. Yeah, right. That's because they're not looking. U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, has been investigating COVID vaccine concerns in aviation. In a February 10th letter to Johnson, Northrop said that the FAA knew of only four potentially vaccine-related adverse events in active pilots. Hmm. She also said that the U.S. Centers for Disease Control is the responsible agency for tracking and following up of suspected vaccine adverse events, not the FAA. And the FAA is making it a point not to look at any of those records. Johnson accused the agency of ignoring problems that the, COVID, of the, uh, that the COVID shots might be causing among pilots that pose serious risk to public or specific to airline industry. Pilots, not your average person. I think one thing that the public needs to know is if they hear of a pilot having a condition or a heart attack in the cockpit, they aren't just your average person. I mean, these people go in for extensive medical screenings to keep their jobs. Lund said these, uh, so these should be the healthiest people out there. Yet, at least anecdotally, people seem to be hearing more reports of pilots suffering from heart ailments, ailments similar to Lund's or worse, Yoder said. This suggests that, if, uh, that effects from the COVID shots or the illness itself could be the culprit. This is not something that we've seen uh, happening on this scale before, Yoder said. You never heard about it. It was very rare. Now it's something we hear about almost every week. Through aviation networks, Yoder has heard numerous reports of flight attendants collapsing at work. Peri uh, periodically, he has also seen reports of pilots being in incapacitated or dying suddenly. Few of the reports in the mainstream press raise the possibility that the COVID uh, injection may be a factor. Of course not. They always downplay that, and they look at other things like Red Bull. You know, they're taking, they're drinking those caffeine drinks, and it's causing them to croak, which we covered. Uh, I covered yesterday on a, uh, a situation about a uh, Army National Guard uh, guy, 19 years old, is doing a two-mile fitness run and keels over dead. They never mentioned the jabs, which is probably what caused it, but they talked about caffeine drinks and supplements. Imagine that. One said people tend to shy away from talking about everything and anything related to COVID vaccines because it can cause controversy. But she said more open discussion and investigation are needed to protect people's safety. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wait until the first 747 crashes when both pilots have simultaneous uh, heart attacks. Then you're going to wonder. Yoder concurs. He worries about undetected cases of cardiac inflammation. With the disclaimer, I can't speak as a doctor, he said that cardiologists were telling him. The longer you go with severe chronic inflammation, it's not something that gets better over time. It gets worse. Yep. So, left untreated, we're going to continue to see these deaths and incapacitations increase, most likely, Yoder said. Her condition, rare, officials say. In April 2021, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, uh, also known as the COVID death cult, acknowledged an uptick in cases of myocarditis and pericarditis, especially among adolescents and young males. 
but the CDC insists these incidents are rare and that the benefits of these the shots outweigh the risks. Again, a huge bold-faced lie. COVID-19 injections have undergone and will continue to undergo the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. Another bold-faced lie, the agency says, on its website. Evidence from hundreds of millions of COVID-19 injections already administered in the United States and the billions of vaccines administered globally demonstrates that they are safe and effective. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do that from a, at all. Data from the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or VAERS, show 26,584 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis after COVID injections, according to an analysis on openvares.com. And another picture they got, Nurse Kimberly Overton, VAERS whistleblower, Deborah Conrad, Dr. Jeffrey Howard, Dr. Rennie Moon, and Dr. James Thorpe discuss COVID-19 injection adverse events in the Mississippi Capitol building in 2023. Hmm. Interesting. Um, prior to the availability of COVID injections in the United States, those conditions barely registered on VAERS. But the number of myocarditis and pericarditis reports in VAERS soared to almost 16,000 in 2021, the first full year that the COVID shots were in use. One said her case was submitted to VAERS. It is listed among 3,819 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis for COVID inoculated people in her age group, 12 to 25. But COVID vaccine recipients in the age group above hers, ages 25 to 51, recorded the highest number of those heart conditions in VAERS, 5,456. As of March 3rd, more than 1.5 million adverse events have been reported to VAERS. And keep in mind that less than 1% of all adverse events are ever reported to VAERS. So multiply those numbers by 100 and you're a little closer to what's really going on. And that, that's according to a Harvard University study that said that 0.8% of adverse events are ever reported to VAERS. 0.8%. Less than 1%. So like I said, multiply it by 100 and you're closer to reality. Let's see here. Um, one point, as of March 3rd, more than 1.5 million adverse events have been reported to VAERS. That's a fraction of the 270 million people in the United States who have had at least one COVID injection. But if you multiply that by 100, then you have 100 and, or let's see here, 1.5 times. You end up with 150 million people out of 270 million, or about half have had some kind of adverse event. That's not good. When one in two per people injected has an adverse event, 50%, that's pretty bad. Anyway, um, but as Open VAERS, a group that questions the injection safety, points out, VAERS is widely acknowledged, even by the CDC, to be vastly underreported. That is true. The number of adverse events of the COVID injections could be as many times higher than the VAERS data shows. Exactly. Many times, like 100 times. <laughs> Real solution needed. 
One said she hopes that people on both sides of the political spectrum and on both sides of the COVID vaccine mandate debate can look look for answers more open-mindedly. That's not going to happen. Too much money involved. She has heard the vitriol surrounding the issue and finds it unproductive. But it's politically expedient. If you are extremely pro-vaccine, don't blow people off when they say they have had an adverse side effect to the vaccine, she said. You need to be more understanding and listen to people's experience and listen to the studies that are coming out and maybe try to do something, some critical thinking as far as what you put into your body. No, what they do is say, ah, it's all in your head. You're a psycho. You're nuts. There's nothing to it. Get Lose some weight. Go to a, a shrink. You're just depressed. That's the kind of stuff people are told when they have visible uh, dis- disabilities from these jabs. Anyway, it's wrong for people to label injection skeptics, grandma killers, and conspiracy theorists, Lund said. Well, I don't care what you label me. I am 100% anti-vaccine before COVID ever happened. I was totally opposed to any kind of injections of any kind, even a tetanus shot, long before COVID came about. And this has just made it more strong in my mind. I will never, ever, ever take or recommend a jab to anyone. Anyway, on the other hand, people who are anti-vaccine need to be more understanding of the pressure that people are under and how scared they were of the pandemic. And I fully understand that. However, you know, when you take these things be out of fear, instead of doing your own research, which was readily available, the information was out there. All you had to do is do a little digging. If you took it, and I'm, I'm sorry, but Ms. Lund, guess what? You're in that group. You should have done the due diligence ahead of time. You say you, re, you uh, regret taking it. If you'd have done your research ahead of time and found the information, then you wouldn't be regretting it. You'd still be able to fly. You'd still be certified, and you wouldn't have to have somebody babysitting you in the cockpit, and things would be going on. But instead, you you bailed down and bowed to the pressure so that you could travel someplace where they required it. I said, screw you. If you require it, I ain't going there. And that's the case for me. And that's it's an issue I'm dealing with right now, or I will be more in the future, because I want to, in the next year or so, be on a catamaran sailing around the world. And I will probably be limited as to where I can, uh, ports of call that I can go to, because they're going to require the COVID jabs. And I'm not taking them. So, you know, I'll just have to stay out in the ocean, I guess. It's just me and the fishes, which I guess we'll have to deal with. But anyway... People on both sides of the aisle need to come together, especially on this front, and just look at it logically based on the facts that we have now. Nice thought. Not going to happen. You know, when the money pouring in from Big Pharma into the uh, coffers of people in government, they are never going to look at it uh, actually the way it should be because it would cost them too much. Not going to do it. It's a real big issue, but as far as the FAA, I think that they need to start investigating these cases of pilots and people in the aviation world that are getting adverse side effects and come up with a real solution. And that just shows how much the uh, people in government could care less about people in general, because it's, it's only a matter of time before planes start falling out of the sky 
and landing in residential neighborhoods and killing all aboard the plane and killing people on the ground and everything else because they wanted to make money from big pharma. And it's a shame. It's very, very much a shame. But I'm going to see if I can't track this young lady down and get a uh, Iteracare wand to her and see if we can't help her with her condition. And we'll see where it goes from there. But we're out of time for this segment. We'll be back in three minutes with the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health. Stick with us and we'll be right back. with the last segment of today's edition of your DIY health here on the truth frequency radio network. And I apologize. I, uh, the stuff I was reading before the break, um, was covering up my board, my screen, and I didn't see uh, nightshade on hold. <coughs> Hopefully she hadn't been waiting too long, but I'm going to go right to the phones and welcome. Uh, if I can get the button pushed, there we go. Nightshade. How you doing? Hey, young man. How's things going today? Oh, busy, busy, busy. But that's life on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. For the most part. Um, just to make a little bit of clarification of what I've heard oh, so far is that uh, the pilot's having this issue, that issue, whatever have you. Um, don't you know that they had a pre-existing condition before they ever got the shot jab? I mean, really, come on. Give them a break, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be facetious here because, quite frankly, uh, it's very apparent that the pharmaceutical industry is going to say, oh, they had a pre-existing condition as far as the uh, DR is concerned uh, and so forth. So the jab didn't do anything to them. It's yeah. all in their head or whatever it was. But, by the so, way, are you on a speakerphone by any chance? Well, I got a wire uh, in my ear. Hmm. Is that everything you oh, my Huh? It's the it doesn't sound as good as normal, and there's a lot of background noise I'm picking up too. Oh, that's okay. Let me disconnect the wire, and um, right now I'm dealing with uh, getting some kitty food in order. Mm. So I didn't miss it. <laughs> anyway, here we go. That's better. All right, that should be much better. Yeah. Um. There you go. I apologize, and for you listeners too, I apologize. Um, yeah, a lot of the doctors will say, well, they had a pre-existing condition. It didn't show up until they had the shot jab. So it's not really the fault and so forth. When reality is before they ever did that, either because they were coerced or whatever by their workforce or whatever company, whatever have you, um, these people had no issue to start with. Um, cause if exactly. it, was, it would have shown, shown up sooner. Than this. So I find that to be an oxymoron if they would claim that. And so um, it's just bizarre to me 
uh, as far as how they make medical accusations that are unfounded. And quite frankly, they're really, even though they're trying to get themselves declared as um, non-liable or whatever the case is, excuse me, you put something of a synthetic nature out there in the market and say that, well, we're going to use peer pressure to get people to take this stuff, this garbage, uh, and they won't be able to sue us because they won't be able to do anything about it. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You put something out there in the market, you are responsible and liable for if your item or merchandise harm brings harm to another human being, fellow human being, period. Now, if the common sense of that doesn't sink in, which obviously it does, but they do what they can legally try to fight against it, then the legal system has gone into the ditch or into a black pit. Well, because it's not worth the time. Yeah, the problem is, is with the PrEP Act, it's just kind of an extension of the children's vaccine thing that was passed in 86. They actually right. give immunity uh, for these things, but it's it's under the assumption that they are tested properly and proven to be safe and effective, which they've never been. But in this case, especially when they can prove fraud where that the yeah. the companies lied and did not do the proper studies and that kind of thing, that's when liability creeps back in. And there are cases pending right now that uh, are going after that very thing. The company, there's a whistleblower yeah. out there from one of the companies that worked with Pfizer that uh, was a part of the actual testing. Uh-oh, smoke detector going off? No, that's my timer. <laughs> It'll be here in a second. Hey, oh, I don't, it's never a dull moment around this place. I'm telling you. Craziness. Uh, <laughs> I, I Shoot that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that's that's the thing right now is they have to now prove that they're, the companies acted in bad faith and basically yeah. defrauded the government. And of course, their argument is the government was aware of it and they did it anyway. So they That's say true. it's on the government, and not on them. So it's just a big, you know, finger pointing match. Well, they can say that. Yeah, they can say that. But the problem is that when they end up invoking the emergency something act, uh, when they first started rolling this the garbage out, uh, they thought, well, hey, we can do what we want to and not have to worry about being liable. Uh, guess again, you know. Yeah. Um, that told me right. Well, for one thing. Having observed this thing from day one, there has been no logic to what has been presented at yeah. all. And so uh, it's just been totally idiotic. Yeah, it's getting and, uh, it's out of control. It's still continuing. It's still continuing with that. Um, and it's really ironic that you don't hear about any cases of flu season coming in and so forth or whatever um, because of and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, well, duh, you already have the flu influenza going on. They've just given another name to get people scared out of their, you know, gazazes or whatever. So, uh, I don't know. People need to start using their common sense that they were born with and actually think about this stuff. But they'd rather let a toy do it for them and yeah. take the words of somebody that's a total nut uh, crack case or whatever that has a DR behind their name or whatever. Um, to tell them what to do, um, which kind of reminds me of that one ad that uh, Ella talks about is uh, that the parents have a strong belief in the government and the, um, oh shoot, was it, 
the legal system or whatever it was. I don't recall oh, exactly yeah. the wording. The, the, the um, attention span of a goldfish, the sheeple virus. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. And I thought, you know, that is just so priceless and so to the point because one of my relatives even made a comment, even though they got the shot jabs, and uh, no matter what I, I could have said, they were going to do it anyway. And so uh, they said, well, it doesn't uh, prevent you from getting it, just it keeps it from getting worse. I was like, oh. okay, where's the logic behind this? I don't see the logic. And I looked at her, and I'm like, okay, whatever you want, that's fine. And so now I'm going to be counting the years before something or days or months before I start seeing her having problems. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, much as I, I love her dearly as a sister, uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, she's very trendy, dare I say that. And so she doesn't bother, of course, the Jews uh, to explain something to her. I said, so well, send it to a copy of that, what you get, where you got that from, and I'll read it. And I'm like, no, you won't. I mean, I could send a whole encyclopedia of information to her, but that doesn't mean she's going to read it. Uh, it's like the old ad, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And that's very true. So when people start complaining about, oh, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Would you have listened? You know? Mm -hmm. uh, here's the reason why that uh, they, uh, I think I alluded to this before, that um, someone made a comment passing a guilt trip on to those that did not take the shot jab and they uh, should have warned the people that before they ever did take it and all that stuff. Excuse me, you cannot interfere with a person's free will to start with. You can give them information, and they're going to do with it whatever they want to, or just uh, bow down to the peer pressure. Oh, well, you can't see grandma because you haven't gotten this. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Don't come here with that. Um, ironically, though, uh, Mother Half, when he went to go uh, have his ankle checked or whatever, he didn't wasn't required to have a mask uh, face diaper on. And I was like, are you sure about that? <laughs> I was stunned. I was like, I thought they always require a facial diaper on your face before you go and see a doctor or whatever. He said, nope, they didn't. I was like, okay. So I'm just, I'm watching to see when the other foot, uh, shoe's going to fall with the next um, uh, so-called vi uh, virus or whatever have you uh, that they've got uh, genetically engineered or whatever to spew out into the public arena. Um, either in 2030 or a couple of years from now, supposedly. So um, I'm just going to be observing as I did before because, uh, well, I guess I'm already uh, informed you that I remember the days when they first came out with this stuff. Everybody was going grabbing paper products or whatever off the shelf, and they were barren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought, my gosh, what do they expect? They have an explosive case of diarrhea as a result or whatever, and I. I was bewildered. I actually took photos of it, but um, no, people need to think. And as far as the professional community is concerned with, uh, with people flying in the air with these pilots and all that, I'm glad that they had at least another person and really should have a third person in the, uh, the cockpit, as they call it, uh, in case something happens with one or both uh, pilots that are supposed to be behind the wheel, just in case. I mean, mm -hmm. you're lucky if you have one person in there that's, that's good to go, that can take over. But, you know, I I just find it absolutely absurd 
So besides, I'd rather drive. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh, gosh, it just it, gets crazy. So you know, it's, I'm just waiting for the one time, you know, and it's going to happen when both people in the cockpit, both qualified pilots are going to vapor lock at the same time. Oh, gosh, that would be a nightmare because then people will be walking around and not see the plane uh, coming unless someone starts screaming, oh, plane, mm-hmm. plane, plane, you know, yep. uh, whatever out, out loud. If they even bother to look up in the sky, you yep. know, uh, no, they'll, let alone they'll hear the, any rain coming. They'll hear, they'll just like uh, when bombs are falling, they'll hear the scream and sound. Yeah, crunch. <laughs> yeah, but by the time yeah. they hear it, it'll be too late to do anything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's the reason why people need to pay attention and not have their eye. I mean, it's one thing to watch where you're stepping, so you don't uh, step into someone's chewing gum they had on the pavement or whatever. But <laughs> um, or or allowing their dog to uh, drop a yep. load, <laughs> step into mm-hmm. that. But people really need to pay attention to what's going on above and around them, so uh, they don't run into issues or can guard themselves. But, oh, by the way, when we were talking about the gardening aspect before, once before, mm-hmm. uh, people can also, even if in the, if in the city, as it were, depending on the uh, guidelines or whatever you want to call it that they have for housing, they can also do container gardening. That yeah. is still a viable option, depending on how big the pot is and what you're looking to probably gain out of it. But it's, I'll put it this way. What you're growing is going to taste different than what you get in the store. Flat out. It's yep. going to taste different. It's going to be very unadulterated. It's going to be very whole. Uh, it's going to be what nature designed uh, to start with. And no, and preferably, well, this ain't time. The standards for, uh, for organic have gotten watered down. So you have to really scrutinize about what's really organic or uh, heirloom uh, seed stock uh, mm-hmm. for growing and so forth. But um, you, the person has to be buyer beware. Check out the seed stock. If it yep. seems viable, go for it. And uh, you'll find out once you've grown it and used it uh, through the item, it's going to be very different than what you get in the store. Yeah, so, and learn how to preserve those seeds. <laughs> that, that's very true. You know, that's a lost art. Speaking of lost arts, that's one. Yeah. Basically, uh, taking uh, the seed stock from one of your uh, veggies that you've uh, grown mm-hmm. and actually uh, clean, going through a process in which you can look up, obviously, and research uh, how to clean properly and safely, of course, uh, to set aside for another uh, growth uh, season or whatever. Yep. And so, um, and same with, well, ironically, uh, speaking of which, learning how to process fiber, as in if you happen to come across uh, uh, this uh, fleece from a sheep that's been sheared, mm-hmm. uh, how to process that, and go a rabbit, and so forth. Of course, there's different breeds of that. How yeah. to spin fiber so you can actually make a garment, mm-hmm. because you might not have access to the yarn or fiber in the uh, arts and crafts store, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice easy it, nice, easy, convenient deal, but what if they end up short? And so um, there's a lot of things that you mentioned uh, uh, before that was very valid points that people should be uh, reacquainting themselves with. Say, for instance, they go and just imagine that they're camping, but they're indoors. Mm-hmm. And, and see how you would handle things differently. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
it's a very different ball of wax. Yeah, try flipping the main breaker to your house and living there for a weekend. You know what? Thank you. <laughs> thing will be things Thank will be a little you. bit different. You know? Oh, much, yeah. much. Especially if you don't have a small amount, depending on how much you use it, of water that's not been adulterated by fluoride and who knows what chlorine and who knows what else uh, mm-hmm. for that matter um, to be used for your drinking, let alone for personal bathing or hygiene or whatever case is. Uh, and so forth. And just flushing the toilet well as, will be a whole different story. Oh, yeah. Mm, there you go. Uh, it gives a whole new meaning to uh, plastic bags that uh, get thrown in the uh, rubbish. Mm-hmm. That is, someone doesn't catch you doing it. <laughs> Invest in cat litter and heavy, you know, heavy ply uh, garbage bags. And, you know, there um, you go. I used oh, to thanks have. Thanks for reminding me. What's that? Thanks for reminding me. I recall many years ago, when we used to, I live in, uh, I call it a, a, a compartmentalized or whatever, but an apartment complex where there was such a uh, low cut in the soil outside the door, because we were on the second floor at the time, there was such a low cut to the uh, soil outside the um, the doors of some of the lower, uh, the lower first floor apartments that whenever it had a hard rain, it would flood. And so... The only way I could get in or out was to take uh, either a, uh, I call it a Z bag or whatever you zip across or whatever, or just mm-hmm. a plain gar- rubbish bag, put it around my, wrap my foot into it and take a, uh, a rubber band and go around the top of it to hold it up above my uh, <laughs> calf of my knee Yeah. and walk through the water that way or going in or going out. And so um, it, it's interesting what, Little things you can do that seem so, you got to be kidding me. Yes, it can be very practical help when you oh, need yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for that matter. So, uh, it, and plus, if somebody happens to see what you're doing, then it's like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. Well, let's see. <laughs> I came up with it on my own, didn't use an electronic toy to do it. It's called being creative. Necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, yeah, you can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's surprised. So it it really cracks me up, uh, which reminds me of another aspect is that how people are going to handle. Uh, how people, gotcha. Uh, how people are going to handle things of electronic nature at home when the electric goes out and they have no way to access their computer, <laughs> let alone like let alone lights or their, uh, I call it the boob tube or whatever, but it's the, the television or whatever, uh, for that matter. So mm-hmm. uh, if you happen to have leisure, fantastic. You can spend that time reading um, during that time that the lights are out and just, you know, there are such things as oil lamps or candles that are safety candles or whatever have you uh, Ooh, that people yeah. can use, but they do not put it in a place where it's near a flammable uh, fashion. So uh, it's just basically we're talking about common sense things. Yep. And so. um, Trouble is common sense isn't common anymore. Well, that's true. I'll give you that. Uh, Very few people. You know, one one of the things, something to think about is during the last Great Depression, 
90% of the people lived in rural areas and 10% lived in cities and over 7 million people starved to death. Now the numbers are reversed. 90% live in the cities and 10% live in rural areas. Not of that 10%, most of those aren't really self-sufficient anymore. Imagine what it's going to be like this time. It's going to be really bad. And statistics show that within two weeks of having everything go south, your neighbors will be willing to kill you and eat you. So keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Much so. Um, That's where you have to just make sure that your neighbors are on uh, even communication uh, with you and uh, basically make sure there's a good relationship. So that way, if something is asked for and you have it, you can help them. If not, oh, well. Yeah. Um, for some good luck on trying to find what they're looking for. But um, it, it's interesting you did mention that because I did come across um, a, a video about what type of foods were used back during the Great Depression. And you know what the funny part was? I remember one of them from my childhood. And I wasn't uh, born during the Great Depression or anything, mind you. Mm-hmm. But it was one dish I recall. Uh by chance, would you happen to know of what's called stuffed peppers? Oh, yeah. My wife makes them all the time. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that that was one of the uh, foods that was uh, known to be uh, cooked up during the Great Depression because you had your veggie, you have other stuffing that go into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember that my childhood as is. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> Not yep. to mention cornbread or whatever. And the um, European version of that is cabbage rolls which we refer uh, to as Polish go. hand grenades. You know, the <laughs> interior stuff is pretty much the same thing. It's just instead of a green pepper, you've got uh, cabbage. And uh, cabbage Ooh. is a big thing in, in Europe. And uh, same kind of a thing. But that's, you know, they were subsistence foods that um, a lot of people, you know, it became a staple. And people love those things. Mm-hmm. My wife makes them both. I love them. They're great. Oh, God. You just got to watch the toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Unless you're extremely hungry. It's like, okay, let me have a shot of this and whatever to get through that one. But um, <laughs> to say the least. Well, aside from that, uh, great to chat with you all. And I wish everyone a fun weekend coming up. And uh, don't forget to get things ordered, even the small amount of this or amount of that or whatever to set aside. Uh my other half gets at him and says, well, you are, you have enough of this to last for a whole year. I said, no, not really. Uh, I haven't even begun. And so um, let's just say that what happened with, uh, with the Corona deal broke out. That was a major smack in the head with a brick, with a brick bat. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, because when they start limiting you down to one package of this, one package of that, uh, to make sure everybody was able to access, people started trying to come up with clever ways to get more than just one package. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it it was really a riot. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you do a reality check real fast in just under a week, if not a day, actually, a day or whatever. So, you that, know, that's something, yeah. uh, something about that. And, uh, and that's another reason why they tried to force everybody into the big box stores and shut down all the little mom and pops. Because if you mm-hmm. needed if you needed to get two things and you could only get one, you could just go to one little mom and pop and one little other one. They don't talk together, mm-hmm. and you could get as much mm-hmm. as you want by doing that. But if you wanted to get a pack of toilet paper at Costco, 
and then you go to another Costco and try and get another one. The fact that you're using the same card, their computers talk together. Nope, you already bought one today. You Bingo. can't get it anymore. Bingo. Yep. You nailed it. Yep. Uh, they, they, I tell you what, they, the computer system is only as smart as the person who programmed it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's been designed to work against the person, the everyday uh, person that does the purchasing. It's designed exactly. to work against them, not for them. So and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wait until they put all your medical records into it. Oh, you can't buy ice cream because you've got high cholesterol or this or that or some other kind of thing. And that's another reason to avoid the allopathic medical community because there are no medical yeah. records for me. They've been digitized. So <laughs> they ain't <Yeah>. getting anything. <laughs> Not that I'd I'm buying ice cream. But... That, I'd be inclined to take that, tell them to take that technology and shove it because I'm not wearing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you don't <laughs> want to use those uh, grocery store cards and all that kind of junk. I know. Yep. I know. Oh, they call it a loyalty card or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, all they're doing is data mining you. Yep. Yep. So it's like, okay. I mean, they claim that, well, you're getting a discount and that's how they rebuild the stock and so forth. But they're also data mining the person as to uh, what they're getting and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the same as with the proverbial barcode on the side of the package. You think it's just scanned there at the store? No. It's being scanned even outside the store. And it's being linked to you. Every time you scan yeah. something and it connects to your card, all that stuff is linked mm-hmm. to you as a purchase. And it's they, like when they don't want you to have it, it, they say, no, you can't. You could, yeah, you could call it an electronic uh, chain mm-hmm. or leash for that matter. Yep. Uh, they, they got you lassoed. If the only way to get free of it, take that noose off your head. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, well, have Use fun, cash. play hard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. As long as it's still uh, viable, yeah, still make use of it because there there may be a day where it, they just say, "Oh, we can't take that." If you have some other uh, method, so mm-hmm. they'll do it, whether you like it or not. Yep, they'll get you coming well, and going, all in the I, name of convenience. <laughs> uh, yeah. You hang yourself yeah, for convenience you? sake. <laughs> uh huh. There you go. Well, we're about well, 45 seconds from the bottom of the hour or the top of the hour. We're going to be out of time here. So I'm going to have to let you go for this week, <laughs> but we'll be you. back. We all have a fun weekend. Yeah, you we'll too. With then. We'll take be care. back the, later. Yep. We'll be back Tuesday. Same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, of course I'll be back on uh, Spreaker in an hour uh, with uh, Mike Gaddy and Cal Robbins and DW. We're going to be talking about history stuff and the government and constitution, that kind of thing. So it'll be pretty cool. So join us there. But if not, we'll have a wonderful weekend. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live and be yourself because everybody else is taken. So take care. God bless. And we will see you all very, very soon.